I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting the nice worst microphones. Trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a fidget spinner. some of the best spare. gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. We still haven't found the track to run yet, which, guys, if you're watching this show in the chat, if you got suggestions, I'm thinking like something from the 70s or 80s, something like a pop song from the 70s or 80s or like a new wave rock song to kind of get the juices flowing for this show, we'd love it. We need a... The show needs a song. We need some suggestions. But it's going to be a short show today. This is the Box Lunch presented by Betfred Sportsbook. No trace. He's down taking his family to Disney World. Um, he'll be there all week. They went to Magic Kingdom yesterday. He'll be back next week. But we got the normal cast of characters. Remastering along here with Paul Fritcher. And we got Seho and Casey over there. Guys, how you doing? Doing great. Good. I've retired from gambling. You're tired oh, from gambling. Oh, no. I think we've got two. Oh, right? Two. I'm out too, Brandon. Welcome to the club. I'm out. Now, well, what, I, did, what did you in? Whew, the frauds that are your favorite team. The Muskies? No, no, sorry. The your Hoosiers? second favorite team, the Hoosiers. Oh. you They won. <laughs> yeah. I needed Purdue to win. So, wait. You're yeah. telling me. You called my Hoosiers frauds when they beat the number one team in the country. <laughs> that seems the exact opposite of a fraud. I think we're going to get into this take because I'm on, your, I'm on Brandon's side with this. They'll, like... Did they lose to Minnesota or barely beat Minnesota like two weeks barely ago? Barely beat Minnesota. They'll, you, they'll go play like... Well, well, we got it yeah, later. Yeah, sorry, got, sorry. We, yes, we got I, it later. Not just that. I, I, I got mean, thoughts. Responsible gaming brought to you by Betfred. I went like 3-15 and 15 last week. Like it was... At least you bad. won three. Yeah, the wins, of course, were like, you know, not... Uh, whatever. Everett Henry said all along the watchtower for... The, the intro to this song. You guys know all on the Watchtower? Not a clue what that is. It's a Jimi Hendrix song. Well, I was going to ask Everett, should, should we do <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, which is maybe the most badass song ever, or should we have Bob Dylan's ugly-ass voice singing the song? Bob, I love Bob Dylan, greatest songwriter of all time. But, man, boy, can I got, sing. I know exactly what we should do. We pick a song, and just we, we pick any song, and then we get the Bengal Boys to mix it for us. There you go. Ooh. That way Ooh. there's what no copyright. What if we copyright. just do a chatterbox? S Cincinnati Kid with Air Force Ones by Nelly. I saw that. Yeah. Powerful. Ooh. That's a good one. We could just get a chatterbox. What if we got a chatterbox theme song and just had the Bengal Boys do it? Exactly. I like it. Should we get the band? We'll we, we had a scat we'll band it. at one point. On this show. Should we get the band back up? Oh, we, we seen did. We've seen a bass <laughs> We did have our own song. We get Trace back in here next week. We'll create our own jam. All right, guys. We won't have too long of a show. I was playing the band. What were you doing? I just played Scam of the Day. You guys talked over the whole thing. Oh. Yeah. I have a Jimmy. We don't have headphones. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We don't have headphones. You can't hear it. I have a Jimi Hendrix story, though. I was doing PA announcing in high school at LaSalle. And someone without me knowing subbed out the normal national anthem that's like, you know, a minute and 10 seconds for the Jimi Hendrix national anthem before a basketball game. And it's like four and a half minutes. Uh, and what are you going to do? Turn off the national anthem? Right, right. Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me, and my, me and my buddies have a playlist on Spotify that we put the national anthem in the playlist. It's like a 200-song playlist. And we have a rule that if you're listening to the playlist, whatever you're doing, you're driving on I-75 going north, and that national anthem comes over. You pull off to the side, and you step out. You stand up. You take off your hat. And you listen to the national anthem. And we are committed to that bit, fully committed to that Love bit. Love it. Um, we also have a, a suggestion from Emperor Starstream, Voodoo Child. Anyone remember what Red had that as their walk-up song? Shortstop Zach Cozart. 
That was their walk-up song. Cozart, great red. All right, let's get through this show. It won't be too long of a show. We're AJ already off the rails. Shots. But the Super Bowl is this Sunday. Hasn't been a whole lot of talk. I think we're still decompressing from the AFC championship. <laughs> Nobody around here, around Cincinnati wants Don't to care. Talk. Don't care. God, Literally, it's brutal. Just like you can't even bring it up almost. But we've got the Eagles. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just wanted to break down because the spread is only one and a half points for the Eagles. And when you break down, I think someone commented this on Off the Bench earlier. There's like one position where the Chiefs are better. One group position where the Chiefs are better than the Eagles. You break it down. Casey, tell me if I'm wrong here. Yep. Secondary, the Eagles have a better secondary. Correct. Linebacking crew, the Eagles have a, be or the Eagles have a better linebacking crew. Correct. The Eagles obviously have a better defensive line. Obviously. They have better weapons. Yes. Now the two positions where it's a little dicey is offensive line. Do the Chiefs have a better offensive line? Mm, debatable. Depends on what you prefer. Do you prefer a pass blocking group or a run blocking group? I prefer my quarterback to stand upright. Well, I guess you're going to take the Chiefs then. All right. Well, well, we'll put that one at chalk then. And then Patrick Mahomes, even on one leg, is, is better than, than Jalen Hurts. So, guys. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. How do the Chiefs win this ball game? Patrick Mahomes. They don't. Go Eagles. They don't. Go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. I, right. don't, I don't really care who wins, I'll be honest. I like if the Chiefs win – cool if the eagles win whatever we're still decompressing yeah, from from that afc it's I just really whatever at this point i really could I, not care less isn't it yeah. isn't it funny i never cared about who won the super bowl for 20 years and then i remember talking to my friends last year like guys this is the first super bowl where i'm like let's win let's i i care let's who go wins this game i care who wins this game because the big thing was is you always have a super bowl party and it's just a party right i mean people make their skyline dip people make their they're chicken wings and everything like that, and you just go to the party. You really don't care. You drink some beer, and then you go to you go to work the next day. Last year was the first time where you're like, "What are our plans for the Super Bowl?" And now we're just reverting right back to this. Casey, yes. Let me ask you a question. Fire away. What does it say, if anything, if since you're on the the Patrick Mahomes hate train, and I'm. I guess champion the Patrick Mahomes bandwagon. What does it say if Patrick Mahomes goes out and wins this game? Um, what does it say? Like um, if it's clear that Patrick Mahomes was the reason the Chiefs win this the game. I don't even. I don't won. even care no, if, if he it, just if wins his legacy. Well, like if they win, because uh. they are so clearly outmatched at every position. Okay. Other than quarterback. Right. I mean, man, if they win, I mean. It'll probably, to me, it'll say more about the Eagles than it will Patrick Mahomes because it just then the Eagles were frauds all along and they never had a tough schedule to begin with. And that's my opinion. I don't feel like they really had a tough schedule, but I still think that they're one of the better teams in the league just from what we've seen them do to the, the, the teams that they had to play. Okay. But Casey, if, they played if in the Patrick NFC Mahomes East. were to win, if Patrick Mahomes were to win, he'd be what, two and one? Two and one. Yeah. Two and one in the Super Bowl. That's a special group of guys with two and one. So, Jordan in the know. chat makes a good point. Would he be better than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. So, well, 100%. Yeah. 100% already. Right. Hey, Casey, I'm not going to let win. you slip by that Eagles played a bad schedule. They played in the NFC East. Three teams made the, made the playoffs from the NFC East, and three, all three of them were in the divisional round. And you're, you're telling me that the Giants were not frauds when they got blown out 38-7? to seven. The Giant, Giants were a nine-win team playing against the, the team that's in the Super Bowl and favored in the Super Bowl. They had a fourth-place schedule. They had a fourth-place schedule. What, mm. what are you, I sure hope they got nine wins with Brian Dable, the, the offensive quarterback guru, who made a mini Josh Allen out in the Big, the big Apple. I mean, like, come on. I mean – I I do not give them much stock. I think the NFC least just had a really, really good season this year. Um, if you just go back and look, though, I mean, the Eagles, I, the only team I really give any credit to is the Cowboys, and they did their thing against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys 
I mean, they barely beat them with a backup Eagles quarterback, and it was 40 to 38 or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just – the one thing that I will say that is – Dollar. Dollar. <laughs> yep, thank you. Couldn't get through any shows without saying that. Um, you know, the, the Eagles scheme is – the one thing I think is the kryptonite to this Chiefs team. I just don't know if they can stop Jalen Hurts and the RPOs and the the options that they're able to have in the run and pass game. A.J. Brown's a monster. Dallas Goddard's really good. Um, the running back carousel that they have, even if one of them goes down, they're still fine. They're healthy. And the offensive line to me is the best – in the league at creating holes and being sound in their scheme. So you're not going to see Chris Jones getting however many sacks and pressures that he did against the Bengals. This is not going to happen. And I don't know what the chiefs are going to do because they're not going to be able to stop the Eagles and the Eagles to me are the defensive line is the best in the league with, with Hassan Reddick. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, but but at the end, of, but sweat, you, you said mean, if the Chiefs if the Chiefs win, then the Eagles are fraudulent after giving them their flowers for for ten for five minutes there. Wait, you say the Chiefs it's, are frauds it's, it's, if they lose? You said no. the Eagles are oh, frauds oh, oh, if the oh, Chiefs okay. win. I the mean, Eagles, I guess it depends. It depends on how they lose. If they lose like with seconds left, then yeah, I mean, I guess kudos to Patrick Mahomes. You won a really close Super Bowl, and it's hard to do that. But if they get blown out, I won't be surprised because the Eagles haven't played anybody. And what were the Eagles Super Bowl odds to start the year? Does anyone know? Like they were not. No, they. I mean, in they the made the season last yeah. year, but they weren't. I mean, like I was somebody that was like out on Jalen Hurts, and he just led a team to the Super Bowl. So there, there's no way they're frauds. Yeah, he's only 23 years old too. Like that's what's incredible. Yeah, it's he's, incredible. He, he's he's moving forward, but. You you mentioned the if Patrick Mahomes wins then yeah he, he he's done more than Aaron Rodgers and I know that's crazy because Aaron Rodgers has won 15 years I brought this up in the comments earlier Patrick Mahomes in his first five years as the chief in the, as the Chiefs starting quarterback this is his third Super Bowl 31 years combined between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre they went to three Super Bowls the Packers did so two of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time took the Packers to three Super Bowls. And Patrick Mahomes, who sometimes people are, are, are trying to beat him down, he's taken a team that, I mean, I know the Chiefs were good, but before Patrick Mahomes won them their first Super Bowl, when was the last time the Chiefs even made a Super Bowl? It had been decades on top of decades. And he has taken them to three in five years. And there's a list, I think there's currently 12 quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls, all of them elite. Obviously, you got Brady, Montana. I don't need to list all of them right here. The list to win three Super Bowls, which is then what Patrick Mahomes would be going for, is infinitely smaller. I think there's only four quarterbacks that have done that. The list of quarterbacks that have won two Super Bowls in their first five years, I think there's only two guys on that list right now. Joe Montana and Tom Brady. So as for what it says to Patrick Mahomes' legacy, if they win this weekend... Down all of their receivers, underdogs, on one leg. I hate that I have to keep doing this, guys. But it seems like we are blinded by our own fandoms here at the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes, to me, is one of the three most incredible athletes I've ever seen play sports. I didn't get to watch Prime Jordan. Yeah. I did get to watch Prime LeBron. He wows me to this day every time I watch him. In another team sport, Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player I've seen ever. Even if he gets hurt tomorrow, I'll still say that. And Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player I've ever seen. He, he wows me more than Tom Brady did. Tom Brady winning seven Super Bowls will never be matched. He's the GOAT. But Patrick Mahomes wows me more than any quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, Mahomes needed to beat Brady in that one in their matchup against each other to have a chance at getting to that number because that would have put him at two already and it would have kept Brady at six. But now Mahomes just at one and Brady being at seven. Uh, I don't want to say nobody will ever get there because we saw Brady do it, 
But the way that the game is trending right now with the more mobile quarterbacks that might not last as long as Tom Brady did, uh, I I would lean that we probably won't. But I'm not going to sit here and say we won't see another Tom Brady again. Well, I mean, like, how old was Tom Brady when he won his fourth? So he won three very early on. And then he didn't win his fourth till he's, what, like 36 years old? Yeah. Which is what Aaron Rodgers' age is right now. All right, Aaron Rodgers, what, 38? So a, a little older than that. But what Tom Brady has done will never be matched. Not in this game. It, it's incredible. We never thought Joe Montana's four Super Bowls would be matched. And obviously they blew that out of the water. But... I guess I'm tired of being numb to Patrick Mahomes' greatness. And I just want to say here on this Monday before the Super Bowl that if Patrick Mahomes wins, he is already in a list of, in my mind, the five greatest quarterbacks that have ever played the game in just five years. So we'll leave it at that. All right. Next topic, and I think, Paul, you're, you're going to like this one. Okay. There is a man in college basketball – there's a hostage situation going on in college basketball right now. Oh. A once proud program stinks. And it's because of the head coach that made it proud. Jim Beheim is holding Syracuse hostage. They will never be prominent again as long as he's there. Never again. And they can't do anything about it. What, what are you going to fire Jim Beheim? He built the program. Paul, what can they do? I think he's got to resign. He's got to. He has to read the tea leaves and understand the situation right now, and understand that he needs for the betterment of the program. If he cares about this program at all, that he has built so well over the last two, three, four decades, he needs to understand that it is time for Bayheim to resign. It is, and man, it's just time after time after time. We just keep getting down to this point where we're like, is Syracuse going to be relevant again? Well, they had a bad regular season. Oh, they wound up in the Sweet 16. Let's give <laughs> another few years. That's not happening with this group. And it's not happening in a bad ACC. They're 14-10 and 10 this year. They've lost three of their last four games. They've lost four of their last six games. They're 7-6 and six in the ACC. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They're not even particularly close to making the NCAA tournament this year. They don't have any good wins except for maybe Virginia Tech, and even that one isn't all that great. But Virginia Tech is the only team that they have beaten this year ranked higher than 109th. 109th! Mm. Blowout loss to Illinois. Lost to St. John's. Lost to Colgate. Lost to Bryant. Lost to Virginia Tech when they played him a second time. I just, they they have fallen off a cliff. Can they, Joshua brings up a really good question. Can they give him a job like in, like a, you know, a leadership role? Not being the head coach, but they quote unquote give him a promotion. Yeah. And then bring somebody else in. I don't see them doing that, but I'm also not around the Syracuse program enough or talk to enough people to know if that's a viable option. I mean, look at what Thad Mata did at Indiana. Thad Mata went, he left Ohio State, went over to Butler last year, and he was like an advisor to the program or right, something. Right. He wasn't on the bench because you can only have a certain a, a number, you can only have a certain amount of assistant coaches on the bench. So these guys, and I'm not saying, Bayheim's not going to be an assistant. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about like moving somebody around in a program uh, like Thad Mata goes and becomes this like special assistant advisor person. He's not sitting on the bench. He can't recruit. Beheim is all or nothing, in my opinion. Now, is it the Mike Krzyzewski where he hasn't moved out of his office yet? I don't know. But it's the same deal where it's run its course. He's been there for a while. He's won a national championship. Granted, it was a long time ago. I just, you just can't. You just can't do this thing with Bayheim anymore. He's got to go. He's got to go. You know what it, it, it reminds me of is, you, you know that kid that had that parent that was like a helicopter parent, like was just hovering around them all the time and, you know, was good. Like was, was making sure that the kid was succeeding in school, succeeding in athletics, but just hovering over top of them constantly. And then the kid grows up and it's time for him to go to college. And the co the kid in college can't 
can't do a weekend away at college, comes home every weekend, like the, does the does the week there, but then travels three hours home and stays at the parents' house every single weekend. That's where Syracuse basketball is. And Jim Beheim, as the parent, as the man who built this program, has to let it go. You got gotta it. let them fly. You gotta kick them out and just be like, hey, you gotta figure this out. I'm I am the problem at this point. Is it beyond return? Can you see Syracuse hiring a young yeah, start and, and there are names back. out there. You know, we talk a lot in some of these sports where, especially in the NFL, you look at Frank Reich and some of these guys where it's just Sean Payton, these old coaches that just keep getting rehired all over the place. College basketball, there's 360-plus teams in the country, plus other names all over the place. There are names. There are young names. There are good coaches out there that would go and take this Syracuse job and I think would do a pretty good job there. I'm – off it's the top still in the of, ACC. It's you're, still a good program. You're in a great conference with a very good fan base that cares about the program. They're a basketball school. They're not a football school. They're a basketball school. People care about the program. I mean, it, it's just it's just a a bad situation right now for Syracuse that they have to they have to figure it out. I mean, you don't like. People used to say you don't just go into the JMA wireless dome and win a game. Right. You easily Is that the name go of it now. Show some respect to JMA wireless, okay? <laughs> what is JMA wireless? I don't know. Carrier I have no dome. idea. Come on, carrier dome. It's the dome, is what I think what they're calling it because nobody wants to call it the JMA wireless dome. But it's the largest venue in college basketball. Show some respect. Get Bayheim out of here, man. I, I, it's just tough to watch. It's tough to watch. Also, how laughable is it that he went off on the NIL stuff with, with other schools in the ACC when I am just, as a person that's been around big-time sports programs, that is one of the biggest basketball programs in the country. There is no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. Players at Syracuse have been getting paid for 30 years. So the fact that you're going to go off on you think you think Mello just showed up at Syracuse <laughs> wasn't, wasn't getting anything right that that's like the, the let most... me go spend my winters in ten degrees right. yeah it's so and and Mello like didn't he launch their whole like basketball performance center so he's a big reason why like right they, their their program has continued to grow too but like like come on dude every that's why you know we get on Tom sometimes he talks about team up in Columbus that you know they're all straight and narrow he does love Mount Union. played by the, played by the rules what'd you say I said he does love Mount Union he yeah. said a school up in Columbus <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. capital <laughs> right capital <laughs> if you're winning if you're if if you're winning you're cheating in college sports that's how it that's how it works now, do you guys do you guys buy like you fully buy into that both of you guys or all three of you guys that because that's kind of the there's not a whole lot of evidence to back up that like if you, got, if you want to succeed at a high level in college sports, you got to be cheating. But that is the vibe amongst all college sports fans. They're like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, if your team's going to be up there, they got to cheat. I've heard from enough people that I trust that now most of it is above board with NIL. Yeah, now it's a little different. but Now it's different. Now, the thing with NIL that's going to get murky is that you're not supposed to technically just be paying play it's supposed right. to be it's the good nature of it is supposed to be endorsement deals but we all know what's really going yeah, well, on Texas and what's payroll but yeah it, and they went we, like 500 <laughs> we know what's really supposed to be going on and what the what what's actually happening here but for a long time i i i don't know if it was to the scale that the general public thinks that it was i i think Ooh. the general public has this has this thought that these players in the last 15, 20 years were making like millions of dollars. Not, not that much. Yeah. It, it's not to the scale where you hear these NIL deals, which are oh, literally no. millions of dollars. It wasn't to that scale. But, but was a player getting a car? Was a family getting a house? And that's the other thing too, is people want to talk about cheating. And this was the thing that I always had with the college, the college people that didn't like college basketball because they said, oh, people are cheating. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Right. A lot of the quote-unquote cheating was good-natured in the sense of you'd get grandma a house or you'd get right, a family yeah. a family a house. Yes and no, yes and or no. Or so-and-so a car or whatever. It wasn't 
You'd also have a kid go to school B instead of school A because school B was paying him, sorry, was um, gifting the family behind closed doors 100 grand when school A was giving, gifting them 50. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that schools weren't competing on a on a financial level. I'm just yeah. saying that it did help people. It was like, yeah. it, it wasn't, helped. It wasn't like it wasn't like they were shooting up their athletes in the back room with, with steroids and stuff like that. It was they were giving money for, for generational stuff. Yeah. Like, like objectively the, good things. Like these yeah. like some of these kids completely changed the 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 outlook of their family for sure. forever based on what they were able to do in college basketball. And I think that that is a good thing, and you're seeing that more and more now with these players that are making money off of their own brand. And the other thing, too, is you're seeing the, these players that maybe don't want to play basketball overseas that now, once the COVID years stop, once all of the COVID athletes have timed out, I think it will be different. But you're starting to see a lot of these COVID athletes come back for another year because they realize that they can make more money in college than right. going to play in, say, Jerusalem or one of these other places where you're going overseas, you don't know the language, the travel's not as good. These college players are spoiled with charter flights, right. everything else at the highest level. Yeah. You know, not the, the mid-major level where you're bussing everywhere and it's bad meals overnight. I'm talking about the players that are in the Power Six conferences that are, that are chartering everywhere, staying in great hotels, getting all of their meals – getting elite uh, educations, all that stuff, you go overseas, you don't have that. And that is a massive shock to the system for a lot of these guys. And now they're able to stay back in college, play another year, maybe make more money than they were already going to make overseas or wherever else. And that's a real help to these players. And I think it's a yeah. good thing. Do you think that since NIL is like a legal real thing now that at some point, we're going to have like a documentary just telling about everything yeah, that happened in the SEC right. and Big Ten. I mean, like, sure. I, like yes. I'm not going to sell people out, but like when you work in sports, you see it. I, well, I, people, people aren't going to come out afterwards and say like, yeah, there was cheating going on because the NCAA can retroactively strip you of a title. Right. So. Well, the NCAA knows what's going on. It's good for their product. That's the right. problem. I saw an instance where a school was fine, was, was fined for a tennis recruit getting like $50 worth of free apparel and a free lesson from a, from a, um, alum, alum uh, to a recruit. They got fined, like, you know, some NCAA violation, but the, but the football programs literally paying kids tens of thousands of dollars, giving them free car. It's like, you know, what's happening, but you're do but the NCAA is such a fraud organization that they're doing that to like, cover cover right. their behind and say that they're doing something about it so i'm just interested i mean well it, luckily mark emmert is not the president of the ncaa anymore or if he is his 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 uh governance <laughs> Everett, his term, a disgusting his, act by that school <laughs> his, his, his emmert's term is coming to an end and they're actually getting a, a former governor i think a politician governor of massachusetts maybe uh, who was politics. it that, Mitt Romney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't remember who it <laughs> I don't remember who it is that they're that they're instituting as the new president of the NCAA, but who it is is it's a it's a politician that is going to focus on a lot of the NIL stuff, which I think is a good thing. You know what's funny about NIL stuff and and what is this? Do you guys know who the the most paid college athlete is? Oh, is it the uh, the, the backup at Texas? No, it it's is a, not. What's uh, the kid's name? That is I'm it a gymnast? One? It is a female. Oh, oh, it's Livia Dunn. Yeah, it's it's Livy Dunn. What does that say about our country? That we, we legalize paying, paying athletes for their brand at the college level. And the, the, the highest paid college athlete in the infancy is just a very pretty blonde gymnast at, at LSU. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, she has, what, like a million bajillion followers on TikTok? Tick, like TikTok TikTok's the leader in, in like money making right correct. now. And all, like, I almost said it. We're, I, I covered LSU gymnastics for two years. That place... They sell more tickets for LSU gymnastics than LSU basketball. Like, they sell out 13,000 every Even night. Even when Ben Simmons was there? Huh? Even when Ben Simmons was there? I got there the season after Ben Simmons, but those two years that I was there, it was it was tough. I guess Will Wade's first year was all right, but they filled it up some nights. Will Wade! There was, Loved Will Wade! There was a... There was a... 
a gymnast from around here that, that went. Yeah, Lexi Priestman. Yeah, Lexi Priestman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the SEC gymnastics. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that's great for them to be able to make make that money, but it is crazy to them. I mean, she's making like two million a year or something like that. Some report came out earlier this year. All yeah. right. All right. What's up? Oh, IU. Paul. Yeah. So, so it's Saturday. I wake up in the morning and I see that the Indiana Hoosiers at Assembly Hall are favored against Purdue, the number one team in the country. And I tell everyone I'm taking Indiana. Half because it just seemed like a trap line. Secondly, because I like Indiana. Genuinely like Indiana. Root for them. Watch almost every game they have. And I take my victory lap after the game. I tell, I make sure everyone who, who, who doubted my Hoosiers knew. And Paul fires in a text in the group chat and says, God, I hate IU. Why do you hate Indiana? So it was funny because I was at Cintas when this was going on. And this, the, the Cintas Center, uh, it's known for a lot of things, but it's not known for its phone signal. Sure. And so it was, uh, I don't know, whatever time. The, the game was ending. The IU game was ending um in at halftime and i couldn't watch the last like two minutes of it maybe so i knew it was close but i didn't know what actually happened and then all of a sudden i get a a million all caps messages from reed and trace everybody else about the iu game and i i had a friend there i i wouldn't say i i hated them in the moment i hated them in the moment doesn't sound like i got killed by them as much as brandon did i did hate them in the moment I think they are a, I think they're like a, they're like a gnat. They're like a gnat that like kind of flies around your head and they're always there and they're always just kind of hanging around, but they're never, you can never get rid of them, but they always hang around and they're just kind of annoying. Paul Fritschner, IU, expletive word, one exclamation point. <laughs> Question mark? You said I U F in one question mark. Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> and then you said F the Hoosiers. <laughs> I did say that. And then too. you said, then I sent you the clown emoji, and you said, took all season for you to draw my I U hate out. Yeah, I'm not. They I don't just, think they haven't done anything in 20 some years, and we have to keep talking about them. Well, they beat they beat Kentucky on a buzzer beater, and now they beat Purdue at home as both as number ones. They've done those two True. things. I mean, they have – this is probably their best – this is the most confident that I would feel as an IU fan, though, in an IU team in a long time. Probably back to the – oh, God, is the Oladipo days? Damn right, Jordan. They hate us because they ain't us. We love our Hoosiers. Probably probably more than the – this is this, – this IU team has got to – you've got to be the most confident yeah, in this the most, team since – it's the best team since Oladipo. Since no Oladipo. So better than the Yogi team. Oh yeah, way better than the Yogi teams. Yeah. So I had Purdue like by themselves, and then on like they were the final leg of like two other parlays. Ah. Uh, and then you live line them when they're down like however many points. At they're half. down fifteen and a half. And yeah, you live line them again, and you're like, all right, let's go, real boys. Quick. Yeah. They got dicey real quick. I I I would like to see IU this year for the health of. That for the health of the IU blue blood status program, they gotta They're they red. gotta make a good run. They're this red year. though. They have not been to a Sweet Sixteen. They've been to one Sweet Sixteen in twenty years. They haven't been to the Elite Eight, Eight in twenty one since two thousand two. Two. I was they went say. to the finals. Yeah. They lost to UCLA. Two thousand three was Maryland. Ma Maryland. Maryland. They lost to Maryland. Right. I thought Maryland was oh three. No. Was um, Maryland Syracuse or? was oh three with uh, Melo. With Carmelo. Then yes, it was Maryland. It was Maryland. Yeah. So. So yeah, the the now all Big Ten because yeah. they've tried Big Ten's tried to retroactively claim that national championship with Maryland because Big Ten <laughs> still hasn't won since, since Michigan State. Nine, yeah, since eighty nine or two thousand. No, no, two thousand. And then they won Michigan in eighty nine with Michigan, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I think IU. I was very I I just need to see it out of them. I just need to see. They get it out Xavier of them. Johnson back later this month. They did give a blueprint, and I I've said this from the beginning. For a guy that doesn't truly understand college basketball, I've watched it more in the past few years than I have the, the twenty years prior. And the blueprint for Purdue, Zach Eady is going to score twenty five and going to get twelve rebounds. That's yeah. that's going to happen. You you cannot 
stop that from happening. He's bigger. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is what the third best big man in, in college basketball, second best. Big oh, man? Yeah, easy. Drew, Drew Timmy's probably up there too. So it's Zach. Eaton. Oh, miss me with the Drew Timmy stuff. Okay, so God, TJ, miss me with that. So TJD, second best yeah. big man in college basketball, and he's six inches smaller than Zach Eady. Yeah, he's completely outmatched. They have you cannot stop Zach Eady. He is inevitable. He's going to get twenty five points. He's going to get ten plus rebounds. That's just that's going to happen. Get past it. The way you beat Purdue is if those white boys just miss some threes. <laughs> you just need those white boys to miss yeah, some threes. Yeah. If you protect those white boys, you can beat them. They, Purdue did sh- – I went back and, and watched a lot of it. Not all of it, but Purdue did shoot themselves in the foot in the game. That, that I'm not going to say it was a winnable game. That's at Indiana. I would have loved to have seen that game play out on like a neutral court or something like that. That's a game that Indiana absolutely could, won at home. Jerome Hunter uh, fan club. Um, Jerome Hunter fan club. I actually made the joke because Jerome Hunter, some, someone was texting me about Jerome Hunter hustling in the St. John's game. Someone texted me and said, yeah. Jerome Hunter is hustling. This game's 30 points, and he's, he's, run, he's diving on the floor. And I sent the text. I was like, yeah, he's the perfect basketball player. You know why? And just set it up perfectly. It's like, because he's half Indiana, half Muskie. <laughs> he's the perfect college basketball player. Only player on Xavier's team to play more than 30 minutes the other day. He's hustling. He's a former Hoosier. Yeah, I mean, Indiana. They just, I, I would like to see Indiana. If we're going to talk about, and I'm, okay, I'm not going to sit here and do the don't storm the court thing. I'm not going to sit here. I'm, I'm very it's much. The number one team in the country. I'm very much a pro bat flip, pro, yeah. you know, uh, they are pro blood. celebration thing. You don't think you should storm the court? When I the think. Team in the country? No, no, no. I, if you want to storm the court, fine. Personally, I feel like it's more disrespectful to not storm the court. It's a bigger flex. I think it's more of like, yeah. Like when Xavier beat UConn this year, like there were some students like, ah, do we storm the court? And everybody else, we were all like, no. Like you don't storm the court. You you show up to the arena. You expect to win. You do win. There's And you, you take care of business and you leave. Like Xavier has never, in my time, stormed the court and should never. That's just my opinion. Didn't they? Didn't they storm the court when they won the Big East? I guess they everyone. They oh, let that was the court that was afterwards. like after they they invited yeah, yeah, everybody they down the, to cut they the did nets, the presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. When you're watching it on TV, when you're when you're not in the arena, it is awesome. When no when nothing happens, the game just yeah. ends and everyone yeah. walks get, gets out the vomitoriums and, and yeah. leaves, leaves the game. But if you're a student in the stands at an IU, diehard Indiana fan, grew up in Indiana. You go to the Hoosier Purdue game. Oh, yeah. Purdue's number one. You can't stop me from running on that. Field. Oh, yeah. I, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, <laughs> every ounce of my body would want to run on that damn field and steal a goalpost from Burrowhead Stadium. Yeah, I'm not at all criticizing and and trying to rain on anybody's parade or saying don't storm the floor at all. You want to storm the court? You beat who was it? Uh, 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 BY? No, Nevada. Who was it that stormed? We don't talk about Nevada on this program. Some, some. It was, a, it was like it was a Mountain West school. Maybe it was Nevada that stormed the court because they got their second rank win and and first time in like a season, or whatever. They stormed the court. Cool, <laughs> fine, enjoy it. That's fine. Me personally, I think it is more of a flex. Just like I think the overrated chance should be retired because you're diminishing your own accomplishment. Win, yeah. right. You know, I think it's in the same vein. But if you want to do it, fine, go My ahead. Favorite- I just thought for a blue blood program like Indiana. I was shocked to see them storm the court. My favorite new tradition with storming the court is watching the kid that runs to get the basketball. That's been a thing this year that I've noticed a lot. Because they have to have someone go get the basketball. Wait, what? Oh, you'll see like some random fan go. Like if you watch that Indiana game, there's a guy in a uh, lime green or highlighter green shirt run to the center court when the guy throws at the ball, takes it, and starts like jumping around with everyone celebrating. Like it's starting this. It started like it went viral on TikTok with oh really with a staffer going to get the pylons at some football game or oh I saw that yeah 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 and now kids are doing it at college basketball games and you storm the court yeah because that because everybody thought that that was the Tennessee game and there was, they were stealing him but he worked for Tennessee yeah he, he was a te- everybody thought that it was a student running on and stealing the pylon it was actually a Tennessee. Like somebody part of the program that went on and collected the pylons right, after so the they game, want to get, so, they so that get, they wouldn't get stolen. Right, doing his job. I didn't know that about the about the uh, basketball. That's funny. That was the only fun part about watching the end of that game. I did think it was a good game, and I'm glad for the Big Ten that it was a good game. I do not think Tom was all in on the Big Ten. I wonder why. Yeah, but I, I, the Big Ten is capital in the Big Ten now. 
the, the Big Ten is. I mean, they, Tom, they, Tom did the old. Uh, they were overrated last year. They're underrated this year. That's the old Derek Jeter yeah. argument. It's like everyone says he's overrated. He's actually underrated now. Yeah. Uh, Purdue and IU are good, and especially once IU gets fully healthy. I I do believe in Purdue because I do think that you can't Z- stop at you can't you stop. literally cannot stop Zach Eady. It's just a question of what the other guys do around what him. What Fletcher Lawyer does. Fletcher Lawyer, baby. What can the other guys do around him? I personally think Arizona has another gear. I Arizona has ripped my heart out twice this oh, year. Oh God. Betting wise, but I do think that Arizona has another gear that they can get to when Ballo and Tubelis are playing well together. Um, but I'm all I just Alabama man. They might, they might be my national they, Well, they just don't show up sometimes. They've lost a couple games by 20 points, right? They just don't. Yeah, they're just like, hey, you know what? We're going to take the day off. Who doesn't want a day off, Reed? Right. Like, well, that's that's when you're looking at a team, that's why everyone always talks about defense in college basketball because it shows up every game. Yeah. But when you're a team that is that is so talented and you have those games, people start questioning, like, or, I mean, who knows? Maybe they just won't show up in the Sweet 16, in the second round, in the Elite Eight, and lose by 20. But, yeah, Alabama is the most impressive team. No doubt. Yeah, no I think doubt. so. Brandon Miller, freshman of the year. No doubt. Uh, yeah, the final yeah. the final topic yeah. that I had, I think we've actually discussed in here. And, and correct me if I'm <laughs> Everett, wrong. Everett, the Kyrie of NCAA. <laughs> <in Alabama. laughs> just don't know if he's going to Just don't know if he's going to show up. You just don't know. Is he going to show up that night? I don't know. Alabama, they going to show up? Um, I think the final question has actually, as we've progressed in this show, I think we've talked about it before, about just whether or not Cincinnati, you'd rather them get the, a National Basketball Association team or an, an NHL team. Oh, that's an NHL. That, you want NHL? I'm pro NBA. No, City's got I'm enough t- basketball. But I think, I think we'd get into it. I don't think I could ever get into NHL besides because I've already got the stars. But, um, I just I think if we get an NBA team, I'd, I'd get into watching them. I think it's much more likely Cincinnati would get an NBA team than an NHL team. And I don't think we're getting either. Let me no, no, we'll never get either because both. Well, all these leagues are expanding, right? Because they need to. I mean, they're just like they're just like any Cincinnati's a college basketball town. They're like what? Like NBA? There's money to be made here, maybe. But like, I just don't see either league between the Bengals now being good again. I think there's room for both. It, I just don't know if they're – I don't know with – There's room for college football and college, or professional football, but that's also football. That's football. I think with the, with the power of these two programs now in the city and Xavier being in the Big East and Cincinnati being in the Big 12 and the facilities and everything else that they have, I just don't know if there is a market. I think that Nashville – I think that – Well, uh, yeah, Cincinnati Las is not Vegas. getting a team. Like, let me let me preface that. Yeah. Because they're going to go to expanding cities, and Cincinnati is a city that is not expanding. They're going to go to these younger teams. Seattle already deserves a team for what happened to them, and then Nashville is a hotbed. Las Vegas, some other some other cities like even on Austin, Texas would be a good place because that city is rapidly yeah. expanding. Everett brings up a good point. Like Cincinnati, we're a great sports town, but logistically, Cincinnati can barely support three professional teams they have now. I mean, like, like the Reds, obviously they they're not good, so that that affects business. But the other two are filled right now, so I guess like that that's the argument is the other two are filled. But well, I mean, like look at look at uh the Reds and the Bengals. If you go through Kentucky, those are Bengals fans. You go through Kentucky, yeah. those are Reds fans. We we we've got Southwest Ohio, but we also have an entire state of Kentucky. Now I did see if you look back at 2012. Like the Reds, obviously really good, won the NL Central, and that's what Joshua says. If you win, they'll come. That's what it was like. I remember being at it was a weekend. It was the it was when the Bengals. It was when the Bengals started the season eight and one or eight and zero, and they beat the Seahawks on a walk off field 15, goal. Twenty fifteen was it? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, there was something else happening. Maybe it was two thousand ten, two thousand twelve. There was a crossover year in two thousand twelve. They made both teams made the postseason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it was two thousand twelve. Was it was that year then? Where the Bengals clinched against the Braves, uh, in, in well, that's two, pretty wild. In 2012, huh? Go ahead. What'd you say? Go ahead. What'd you say? You said the Bengals clinched against the Braves. Ah, being, sorry, that was, was just crazy, right? Uh, Reds clinched against the Braves like the same day. There was there's a Bengals game. It was October yep. Fest. Like it both stadiums were filled. Yep. And it was cool, but awesome like it's very rare for that to happen unless you live in 
a city like Boston that they win everything in. Yeah, like like I like I said multiple times, there's we're getting neither teams, and both both leagues are expanding. Every league's going to expand. They're they're this is a business. They want to expand. I mean, they got to do it in a in a meaningful logistical space. They got to they got to get all their T's and Q's, make sure that the the market's right and everything like that. They don't want to be Quiznos and just pop up everywhere and and is Quiznos it. still a franchise? No, but they pop up too quickly. Really? That's, that's the point. I they're, think there's still some, but like there was Quiznos everywhere. I think that the biggest miss in this city, and it won't happen now, which is a massive disappointment in my mind because I think there would have been a market for it, is not getting, well, what is it now, Heritage Bank Arena? Yo, that is the, they've lost out on the, the Democratic National Convention. They've lost out on, on, on NCAA tournaments. NCAA tournaments. It was supposed to be here last year, yeah, but the it was contingent on the NCAA, how about the biggest? Sorry, I'm They, not, they lost ahead. the Republican this National is- Convention, I know for sure, and they lost the NCAA tournament. Just because they didn't meet the required renovation guidelines, How? and I, I just don't understand. And I understand the the people of Hamilton County don't want to pay for another facility because they already yeah they got screwed on they already got screwed on the on the Bengals and everything else, which was funny when I was looking at a car a couple of weeks ago. The guy came in and he was doing his tax forms for me just to give me my out the door price, and he said, "Are you a resident of Hamilton or Butler County?" I said, "Hamilton," and he goes. Ah, well, thank the Bengals for this extra thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, well, okay, that's fine. Thank you, no Joe. I, uh, Burrow. Anyway, right. yeah. Uh, so uh, my guy. Yeah, your guy. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just think that there is, there's not a market for either team. I would rather see an NHL team uh, for sure. And I, whatever would bring a new arena, man. Yeah, well, ne- both both teams would be that is, of a new arena. That is, and this has no reflection on, on the Cyclones or artists that perform there, Heritage Bank Center is the worst arena mm-hmm. in North America. I haven't been to all of them, but it's the worst one I've ever been into. It's the oh yeah worst arena I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, there is no like, and and I I don't I don't know who's still is it still is it Netherland Entertainment Group or whoever owns it. I, I don't know whenever they put out like they had a press conference for those uh, renderings. It was awesome. It oh, looked the a, glass by the river. Yeah, it looked amazing. It was incredible. And then it was like I don't remember word for word, but I remember part of it was like asking who's going to pay for it. And I think some of the plan was UC was going to play there. Maybe UC would help fund it. Obviously, that didn't happen. It, yeah. It's just. That is the the city, the the Netherland Entertainment Group or whoever owns that now. They need to come together and figure out something, some way. That arena is a game changer for the city. Artists don't want to come play here. You're never going to have a team that wants to play here in the well, NHL or NBA. Now here's well, a- not not to get into the weeds about economics and stuff like that, but the the reason that for a while cities would, you know, subsidize or welfare these these big arenas and big stadiums being built is because the idea, which seems pretty logical that you build an arena in downtown it then brings money into the downtown area. That was the whole process. That's why all these stadiums were built via tax dollars and everything like that. But economically they've seen over the past years that that doesn't translate to actual dollars for the city. It doesn't translate into money being brought into the city. But there's also another conversation to be had, and now we're talking into politics and just philosophy, that does it matter if it, if it doesn't make money? Does it matter if it doesn't actually bring money into the city? Because at the end of the day, the, the government is supposed to be given a better, a better life for its citizens. And if we're getting better concerts and better sporting events, yeah. citizens are happy then. The, the tough thing about Heritage Bank is that they don't have a regular tenant. They have the Cyclones, I know, but the Cyclones aren't drawing what an NHL team would draw right. every night or whatever. So without a regular tenant, because you you say they have concerts every year, but you you can't guarantee concerts every right. year. Right. Well, and you see so, the artists pass on that place because of the acoustics or the amount of tickets they can sell or like there's just why would you why would you play Unless you have a huge fan base in Cincinnati, why wouldn't you play the KFC Yum Center or Nationwide Arena that's 10 times nicer, can probably hold 5,000 more people? Right. Like, 100%. Yeah. It, it sucks. That place is a – and I love Cincinnati more than anyone in the world. It's an eyesore, and it sucks. That place Cincinnati. sucks. Right. If, the, the concourses aren't even as big as this room. They're literally not even as wide as this yeah. room. If they redid that and made that a state-of-the-art arena – now, here's the question, the last thing on this that I'll say – is that a dollar or no? I I'm not. I was not going to say this. I will say this. 
would it be better for Cincinnati to tear it down and yeah. build it somewhere else or to renovate what's already there? You can't renovate that. You can't, can't renovate, renovate that. That place has to be torn down. Yeah, it's gone. It, Heritage, that's been Heritage Coliseum Bank since 1960-something or 70-something. Like, okay. It's gone. But I don't know. Like, so then what do you do? You just tear it down. You eat, you eat it for three years while you build yep, a new one? Correct. I think so. Yeah. And then you, like, if they want Centos concerts Center in Cincinnati. Up, up the road's nice. Yeah, Cintas, you see. I mean, yep. you've seen like the wrestling event at UC. You've seen concerts at Cintas before. Yep. Okay. I just, you have to have it. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you got, have to have the city, it there. The you have to well, have it there. It's well, it's well overdue and it needs to be downtown. You're absolutely right. Casey, can you do me a favor? I sent you a DM on a bad beat. Get that queued up. I'm going to show that in the vault. Sorry, that's a passionate topic that's not listed, but I. That no, is it's like good. It's, oh, I've been that's very passionate it's about bugged it. Bugged me my that's whole life. That's is. something Cincinnati can unify on. That place is a piece of. I don't understand. I truly don't understand why they can't get it done. Is it because of the Paul Brown deal and they don't want to keep raising the taxes? Is it? Because... It's got to be money. I mean, why else? What else would it well, be? Well, like no, the exact reason that I told you that they don't want to do a new tax deal is because cities have have gone away. As for sixty years, t cities would build stadiums at, on the tax dollar dime. And they've realized economists have come in and said, guys, this isn't making the city money because the, the, the idea was that, like I said, you bring something to the downtown area and then businesses will boom up around it and it'll bring money to the city. But economists have then come in and said, listen, this doesn't work. This is a losing profit. It's, it's a burden on your taxpayers, yada, yada, yada. But then you can make the counter argument to say, who cares? Like. Like, sure, I'll pay a little more taxes if we get if we get better arenas, if we get an NBA team, if we get an NHL team. I'll pay more taxes for that. Someone mentions in the chat the problem with why, like, they're able to hold on and to keep operating the way they're at is, one, like, the Cyclones are going to keep playing there. That's not – wasn't said in the chat. But someone mentioned, like, Carrie Underwood's coming here with Blake – and Blake Shelton are coming here in a couple weeks or a couple months. Because you're still able to get a couple of those big-name acts and then you have – like, they can still function above water. I thought of this just now. What if the Castellinis sell the Reds and then buy that arena and redo it? That's how they can save face in Cincinnati. Somewhat. Look, the day, <laughs> cha the day Chatterbox Sports signs its first billion-dollar deal, that arena is tanked. Done. Done. Bye. I will personally <laughs> write the check to redo that arena. Hell yeah. C citizens of Cincinnati, you have, my, you have my word <laughs> that once I can afford a 2008 Toyota Camry— if you if if running for office means Are you getting gonna be a on my ticket or, or or the other ticket, we might be debating each other. <laughs> and we can unite that the crosstown shootout will never be played there, right? What? Well, and we'll unite that the crosstown shootout will never be. played God there. no! I'd okay. ban it. That would okay, be one good. of my stipulations for writing the check. It would never be able to hold the crosstown shootout. Yeah. All right. So let's get in the vault, guys. We got a couple good college basketball games tonight. They do this, right? They, they, they get these big Monday games. Monday yeah, night. they do a good job of that. Throw two under there. Right, two under there. But before we get there, Casey, are you, are you got that queued up? I do have it queued up. All right, so I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday. But I, oh, almost, fantastic. I almost took this over. The majority of the public, like 90% of the public, was on the under, which I think was 145 and a half for the Ohio State Michigan game. We're going to get this ready to get queued up. And two bad teams made sense. I almost just wanted to fade the public because I was like, I don't know what the, the under is going to be. So, Casey, play this and have our, have our mics over. So, they're at 144. The line is 145 and a half. And Ohio State has stopped fouling. There's 10 seconds left. You can't see the clock. There we go. And look at this guy. He's just walking with the ball while there's still 11 seconds on the clock. So, turns the ball over. Ohio State's going to have the ball down 10. I would be screaming. 144 is there. Missed shot. Watch the students in the top right. They all had the over. <laughs> they all had the over. All of them. That's hilarious that they had that over. Yeah, that was the first thing I saw because I was watching this live and I did not have... Uh, I had Michigan, but I did not have the total. And as soon as I heard everybody cheering, I was like, what's going on here? I realized there had to have been a gambling beat. My my buddy actually teased that game. He had Ohio State plus eight and a half. Oh! Which, which he hit that. And he said his wife was sitting, laying in bed right next to him, and he was trying not to wake her up because you know how the wives are. They're, they're, they're not too happy about the sports gambling thing. 
So he's like just just fist pumping watching this Ohio State Michigan game. Absolutely wow. incredible beat. So guys, we got two big college basketball games tonight. There's an ACC game. There's a Big Twelve game. Um, Duke goes to Miami, 7 p.m. tonight. Um, Duke are two and a half point underdogs. Then the nine the nightcap is number five Kansas versus number nine or number nine Kansas versus number five Texas. Kansas three and a half point favorites at Allen Fieldhouse. Guys, do you like any of these college games? Paul? Uh, I had – so last night when I did on the rundown, I did Paul's pick of the day. I I picked Texas plus four because they have been more consistent than Kansas has been. Uh, this is a game that Kansas could win by 10 or lose by 10, and I wouldn't be shocked. But Texas has at least played consistent. I know they lost to Tennessee. They've at least played consistently – so I will take Texas plus four or whatever it is, three and a half now. You're giving me three point, three and a half points with the best team in the in the Big Twelve right now. I'll take it. It is Kansas is such a hard team. It's almost like you've got to just lay off them entirely. And the spreads on Betfred are Dukes plus three, and the Kansas game is is four. Kansas is such a tough team to bet. They have no I bet idea. almost every single one of their games, and it's been a crapshoot. Because they either they either come out firing, or they get their ass kicked, and you don't know which one's going to come. Now they have played better at Allen Fieldhouse, so land four at Kansas. We'll put our graphic out later um, for not too picky. I will tell you guys this: dollar in the jar. Start fading me on the not too picky graphic. Because I've hit like 10 out of the last 12. And just the odds makes it seem that oh. like it's going to come on down. Well, and can, start taking Paul's bets. I, well, I, I think I'm 0 for my last 10 on that graphic. Because I started 8. Well, to your point. Eight, no. I started 8-0 no on that graphic. I think I'm 0 for my last 10. Not I, good. I have retired from gambling. I have retired from no puck. No puck. No puck. Um, so if I'm going to take a game tonight, I think I might actually take Duke. Um, as the dog, I, I need to look into that a little a little more, see see how the spread moves and, and what comes on before 7 o'clock tonight. Um, man, I can't go either way. I might just take the over in the Kansas-Texas game. Someone, I think Sean Dixon out there in the, before the show started said, man, Kansas has another ranked matchup. It feels like they're just always playing a ranked matchup. And I was like, oh, yeah, welcome to the Big Ten. Then I looked over at Spur and Big I said – or Big 12. I said I looked over at Spur and I said – Good luck to UC next year. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, Casey, you got any NBA props? You got a prop? You got any, uh, you got any bets? I am uh, I was debating on uh, which player to go for here, but I do have one that I feel pretty confident about. Going with the Boston Celtics and Detroit Pistons. That's the early game today. And you all know how I feel about the Pistons and how they stink. They stink. Um. Points, assists, rebounds. Malcolm Brog Brogdon, UVA uh, legend. He is. Uh, he's due for a big game. I'm doing plus twenty five, which is plus one fifty. So you're 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 not you're, you're you're plus money if you make that bet. So Casey, have you ever taken a bet that was not plus money? Yeah. So I always I always bet straights. But okay. Okay, so while we're, while we're here, we do this normally on Not Too Picky, but we'll do it right here. This is a trend that I've seen new gamblers do. Don't be afraid of juice. Seriously, don't be afraid of juice. Don't be afraid of the minus 110 line. Every, Almost all new gamblers, because I did it when I was new, they always got to take the plus money bet because they just don't want to pay. They don't want to win $19 on a $10 bet. They don't want to win you know, 90% of what they're wagering out there. Don't be afraid of it. It's going to be okay. You're going to win money in the long run if you keep running those straights and you're, you're, you're winning at a decent clip. I promise that. But you know what? Okay. Maybe take a flyer. Speaking of not taking plus money, take a flyer on both dogs, underdogs, under or their money line tonight. Texas Duke, Texas Duke money line parlay. Sold. But I'm a, retired. Take a flyer on that one. You might, you might, I wouldn't you be might sold like if I wasn't retired. You might like that. Um, Casey, we going to do Wheel of Lunch, or are we just going to pick it off the, the rip? Something quick. I'm pulling up. I don't have any names put in here. Taco Bell. Yep. 
Let's go. Let's just go to Taco Bell. Let's just go. To All right. Bell. Well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Taco Bell it is. Guys, reminder, this sport show is sponsored by Betfred Sportsbook. Remouse, Paul Fritchner, Woo! Brandon Sejo, Casey McAllister. If you have a gambling problem, call the 1-800 number. Um, seriously, it's entertainment purposes only. We'll be back Wednesday. We'll do Not Too Picky tomorrow. Tomorrow. After, after Tom's show. But tune in all week. We're going to keep unveiling new stuff as the football season is, is winding down or we got one game left, and we, we head straight into college basketball. So, guys, Let's go. this has been the Box Lunch presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It's hot in here.